Welcome to Made It Happen podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Hafling. Made It Happen is a podcast series highlighting female founders who took a chance and launched their own business. Through interviews with female entrepreneurs, Made It Happen is dedicated to inspiring others through stories of those who have experienced going out on their own firsthand, discussing all the highs and the lows. It can be easy to see the glamorous side of starting your own business through the internet and social media, but what does it really take behind the scenes to launch and run your own successful business? Hear how these inspiring female founders made it happen. Thank you both so much for joining me here today on the podcast. I'm excited to hear more about your journeys as entrepreneurs and your business and everything you've been up to. So how about we start off with having each of you just tell us a little bit about yourselves and your business. Sure. Thank you for having us. We're happy to be here. So I'm Jess Hunnishan. I am one of the co-founders, one of the two co-founders of Shine Talent Group and the BodCon. So I am originally from Melbourne, Australia currently in Toronto, but both of us go back and forth between our offices in Toronto and LA. And I am Emily Ward, the other co-founder. And yeah, so we started Shine six and a half years ago, almost like seven seven years almost, which is insane. Um, Started off as Shine PR, as both Jess and I like come from PR, PR backgrounds, PR experience. And it's been like a pretty wild ride um, navigating like the rise of influencer talk, influencer relations over the years, um, expanding to the US market uh, as of three years ago. And then most recently taking a lot of um, our learnings and just like personal passions and pouring that into creating the BodCon. So we're excited to talk to you about it and explore them a little bit more. Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm excited to to hear more, but I guess to, you know, start off, do you want to share a little bit, you know, you said you had a background in PR. Do you, should you want to tell us a bit about how you first got into this industry and sort of what attracted you to that? For sure. It's, uh, it, it's interesting. I think when you like look back on your, like, I know for me, looking back at my experience, there's lots of like mishmashed pieces, but now it, it really has formed like exactly what we do at Shine, which is fun. So my background, I went to school, I, I did a business degree and majored in marketing and event management. I always like thought I was going to be a wedding planner. I want to say always, like for the last couple of like years of, of high school and university, I thought I was going to be a wedding planner. And at the very end of my degree, I did a couple of internships in PR and it just made me like fall in love with the world of of PR. I worked with some like incredible, like freelance PR women and we had like the most ridiculously fun time, but worked really hard as well. So I, uh, I certainly credit them with my like early love for PR. Um, so when I finished school, I started my own freelance, um, company, Honey PR, and, uh, did a bunch of freelance work for all of these different, like little agencies in Melbourne. And then after about three years of doing that, I was kind of just felt a pull to do something else and really wanted to work for someone other than myself, because I I was starting to become very aware that I only knew what I knew at the time. And I wanted to learn from like a boss. So I moved into television. I worked at two um, of the major television networks in Australia before moving to Canada in, gosh, 2014, 2014. I don't know. It all blends together. Um, And then uh, that's, that's when I met Em. So, uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll throw it over to Em to give you her background. So I, um, I started in, in dance. I went to school uh, to do like a BFA in dance, thought I was going to be a dancer, thought that I was going to be 
um, a dance teacher, like through the school board. And then I realized that that wasn't for me when I couldn't like even bring myself to fill out the form. There's like a really, really long form that you had to fill out in first year if you wanted to do the concurrent ed program. And I just like, I couldn't do it. I'm like, oh, this is probably not for me. It's like, I can't even find find the, the hour to, to fill out the form. It's probably not my calling. Um, but because of my passion for dance, I like, I was trying to figure out a way that I could still have that as a career. And I, um, through a series of internships, um, fell into more like the marketing departments of different, um, dance, dance, dance companies in Toronto. And I thought like in like the best case scenario, I might be working in like the marketing department for like the national ballet. I thought that would have been like amazing. But really, like it was through my internships that I just kind of like learned more about what that meant, you know, like for uh, salaries and everything to go along with like working in not-for-profit arts. And I started to kind of lean towards like the for-profit side um, and worked at, um, I got a job offer at an amazing um, small marketing firm who was looking to open up a PR department. Um, so I was like fresh out of school, pitched business my second day on the job and uh, worked with them for four years, very similarly to Jess, then wanted to, um, just wanted to learn a, a bit, but I didn't know what I didn't know. And I, I actually had tried to get into PR school um, when I was done my undergrad and I didn't get in. So like I was working this job in PR, but I had actually like not been accepted into the school program for it. So I'm like, ooh, I'm like, there might be something, there might be some one, a thing or two that I might, I might need to learn from somebody else. So I went to go and work at uh, uh, DDB, which is like a huge global advertising agency um, in their PR department. Did that for a number of years. Then I had my babies freelance for a couple of years. Um, and I met just um, just after I had my, my second um, child, my daughter, uh, when my little freelance business was like getting to be like a bit too much for me. So I needed like some help and a mutual friend of ours, actually like a wedding planner contact had, uh, had put us in touch. Um, and then we met and I had just never met somebody who was so, you know, uh, well balanced in terms of working, um, with me. And because of that, things started to happen like really quickly, um, and things that I certainly couldn't have done like on my own. So loved the idea of, um, a partnership together and we really kind of band together and on a real whim started up, uh, Shine PR because we, um, had been working together as two freelancers and having some great success together that wanted to position ourselves as being, you know, uh, an established agency versus two freelancers uh, and started Shine really just for that reason. Wow. I, I love hearing sort of the background stories of, of how you came together. And so you said it started off as sort of more PR and now you've moved more into sort of the influencer space. Do you want to tell us a bit about sort of that transition there? Mm-hmm. That happened quite quickly, actually. Like, I guess it probably felt longer at the time, but now when we look back, um, we're in, we'd, we'd started Chime PR in the January of 2015. And by about June, we're starting to do some little events just to get our name out there really with like media brands, bloggers around town. Um, and so in doing that, like we both have such a love for events. So like, let's host these little events. We'll invite people to come out and just like, it's an, it's a really nice marketing opportunity for us. And let's look at that as like how we market the agency. We know that people like to work with people who they can like have some fun with. And, and it's going to be like a really enjoyable experience. So we wanted to show people like who we were along with what we did. Um, and events were a really nice way to showcase that. So through doing that, we in, we would invite bloggers and influencers at the time, like 
this is like six or seven years ago. Like it, like the influence industry was around, but like in the very, very, very baby stages. Um, so we would do these events, invite these influencers, and we just quite frankly got along with them really well. And and through that, wanted to like learn more about what they were doing. And and I think it was around June of that first year. We're like, let's let's like really explore this. So we went and met with a bunch of influencers, a bunch of agencies and a bunch of brands. And to all of them, we just said, what are your problems? And the influencers would say like, we have these brands reaching out. We know that there's a value to what we do, but we don't know what it is. We don't know how to ask for money. We don't know what kind of money we should be asking for. And it's just like, it feels very uncomfortable. And the brands and agencies are saying, we know we need to work with influencers. Like it has to be like part of our strategy now, but we don't know how to work with influencers in a way that will like deliver our key messages in a really impactful way. And we kind of sat in the middle and we're like, we know both of these things really well. And, and both coming from PR backgrounds, we know how to like weave a story very seamlessly. We know how to integrate product into content and and things like that. We're like used to looking for that little like golden nugget. So like, okay, that it's very PR. So like we can, we can do this and we can really help both sides at the end of the day. Like we can, we can help these influencers, you know, now I can say make a career out of it, out of it. At the time it was like, we can help them make like a bit of a side hustle kind of salary maybe like that was kind of our like high aspirations for it um and we can help the brands and the agencies get really great influences for their campaigns and we can help them like through the process like having one point of contact having someone who like speaks both language for lack of better words and and it kind of just it snowballed from there and and again we we launched with like a big event like it's what we know and and we invited like every single one of our like would be competitors in the PR space. And which was really funny. Like no one was doing that at all at the time. Like people, I think were quite shocked to like receive the invite, especially if we like, we delivered them. We got like couriers on bikes with giant inflatable, like giant balloons filled with glitter. It was like the most obnoxious. You couldn't, you couldn't ignore them. Like they were. You can't ignore us. It was, uh, it, so like they couldn't ignore the invitation. So they were shocked by like the brashness of it, I guess. And also they're like, aren't you like shine PR? Like you're basically our competitor. And we're like, trust us, like just come. We're not going to be your competitor. Like we're going to be your friend and we're going to we're going to be a really, really great resource for you moving forward. So we knew, we always knew that. Um, it took the agencies maybe like a little longer to like get on board, but, uh, but yeah, certainly have fantastic relationships with them now. Yeah. I I can like think back to like that, you know, first, um, year and my gosh, Justin, I would take meetings with like anybody who would have a meeting with us. Like we would take the meeting, anybody, because our, our thought process was like, even if it's not that person who has business, you know, to be able to, um, engage with they'll remember us and then they'll hear somebody, you know, saying something about other influencers or PR and it will come back. And it's actually, we met Lori, um, her, our mutual contact, like yeah. Lori Rita, we, we met her that, that same year, just by having, just by having a meeting. She was just somebody yeah. who was like, you know, willing to have a chat and we've done lots of work together, um, over the years since then. Um, so I can, I can remember those times and I can remember how many agencies, PR agencies we sat down with who flat out said to us like that they would never work with us 
pleasantly. They said it pleasantly. Yeah, they it was were like, not like rude. Not like rude or anything. Yeah. But they had just said that, um, you know, they thought that we were lovely and appreciated, you know, everything that we were trying to do. But in their structure and in their model, they would they would never work through Shine to work with influencers. And it was really um, amazing to see the transition of that because we also were, were not offended by it. We recognized that we were trying to introduce a new layer that hadn't been there before. Um, but just being consistent over time by like doing great work, by proving ourselves as being like good solution providers, like for the brands and agencies, making their life easier, making the talent's life easier along the way. It was like a slow build, but it did work. Um, and we, we knew it, we knew we were onto something. So I think just the confidence going into those meetings and just saying like, you know, like that's, that's fine. And, you know, perhaps we'll work together like in another way, but just kind of like leaving it as is and um the business like you know it, it grew at the pace it was supposed to mm-hmm. absolutely I love that and I think it's a definitely an interesting approach to take so I love sort of hearing the background of that as well and you mentioned there too you know that it was about six years ago when you first started getting into the influencer space and it's definitely changed a lot even just the past year has you know changed it very drastically do you want to talk a little bit about these changes you're seeing and how has this affected your business or anything like that yeah, I think there's, I mean, there's been a million changes in the, in the last six years, that's for sure. So there's been changes um, in like how we work with brands and agencies. And I noticed changes in terms of like the type of questions people ask, like at the beginning, every person we met with without fail would say, how do you measure ROI? How do you do it? How do you do it? And we would, you know, we have like answers for them and things like that, of course. And then like, we're like, it's really shifting. Like no one's asking that anymore. They know they have to work with influencers. Like they, they know, like no matter what the ROI is, however you measure it, it has to be a part of the part of the puzzle. Um, but I think what's fun to see and fun to watch is like the shift in the style of, of content. Um, so obviously video and things like that, but more um, more granular than that. I love to see the shift in the type of content in that when we started Shine and for the first three to four years, I want to say, all of the content was like beautiful. Not to say it's not beautiful now, but like it was this very beautiful, aspirational, unattainable kind of lifestyle. So it it really played more into like that kind of pseudo celebrity life when you're like, oh my gosh, I wish I could have this. I wish I could travel here. I wish I could buy that bag or buy these clothes or whatever it may have been. But it felt very out of reach. Whereas now the content, the last like two to three years, I think it's been even more amplified through the pandemic has been this very like relatable style of content where, you know, people like, I kind of want to see that you have a bit of a messy kitchen. And I want to see that your child like cries. And I want to see that you didn't make the bed this morning and people want to, that's how they connect. And it's, I think it's, you know, we we read all these statistics, of course, about the industry, how it's going to be an X billion dollar industry by 2023. And it's, you know, looking at that, I'm like, it's because I think anyway, that people have found this new way to like truly connect. They're like, I feel like I'm like a part of your life. I, I can have what you have and I can kind of like, you know, it's that, you know, not me too movement, but it's that like, oh, like. I know that feeling kind of mentality. 
mm-hmm. that it just makes campaigns so much more successful because like, ah, oh, I know this person, they're like me. And if they use this, like I would probably use that too. And like, I would, that product is probably helpful or handy for me to have, you know? Definitely. I think of talent, like building up their platforms, like two, like mm-hmm. six, seven years ago when we started, like a lot of these like um, uh, creators, like were newer and now they've been doing this for like, at least as long as like we've been around. So I feel like there's, there's yeah. that factor that's interesting. And then I think what's been interesting to watch is um, like how everything has been uh, in relationship like to the like, changes like in traditional media as well. So back in 2015, one of the uh, reasons why we were kind of like leaning into this space is in Canada, especially like, oh my gosh, like the amount of publications, the amount of like um, uh, lifestyle editorial publications that had closed down, it was so hard to pitch PR, like pitch media relations um, pitches in that lifestyle category. So um, PR agencies started to lean into bloggers because at least they could get some sort of coverage that way and they weren't being pushed into advertising. So like that's where we kind of like um, got in was that kind of like sweet spot there. And I feel like over the past like year and a half with the pandemic and um, in relationship like to the media as well, I feel like people were looking to um, the talent that they follow for them to distill some of the the news, like the current affairs that were going on. So a lot of um, a lot of like what we're known for, like of our talent, we have like really like strong value based opinion, like based like talent, um, and I believe that that was something that was um, it became almost like this this new like wave of of talent over the past year when we went went through all these different like global issues and people they didn't know like how to digest them so they were looking for people in their familiar space um, to kind of have like their their uh, summary kind of of what was going on um, to help them along. So that was an interesting one, also a very difficult one for talent to navigate because they're not journalists and they're not experts. Like they are everyday people who have a followership, um, but they are certainly not the only resource that people should be going to um, for for their current affair news. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that there are so many great points there. And I think especially, you know, right now there is always so much news coming. And so having sort of those resources, and I think you touched on a few points there too, but if there was sort of, you know, one key thing that you think leads to sort of success in this industry, whether it's, you know, as an agency or as even the talent, um, what do you think that would be? I, I think it's, I don't want to say it's as simple as, but like, it's just like, it's being real is like what we see now. It just works. And I, I see that with talent who we represent all the time that instead of their audience saying to them when they're doing sponsored content, instead of them saying to them, uh, is this an ad and getting like a little pissy about that instead of that being the mentality, it's really shifted to like very celebratory, um, which I think is, I love that. So my like favorite thing, hands down to see when talent posts and says, I'm so excited to tell you guys, you know, I love this brand. I'm, I'm going to be working with them for the next year, six months, whatever it is. And their audience is like, Oh my gosh, that's so great. And they're so thrilled for them. And I think that just comes down to like, they're real people. Like they've shown their vulnerabilities. They've shown the good and the bad and, and everything that goes, comes in between. And I think 
you know, as Em said, this last year has been has been really difficult for a lot of people in many different ways. And I think showing vulnerability through that and showing struggles and tribulations and triumphs and all of that, it just, again, has like helped that connection and that bond grow even stronger. And I, I think it, it comes down to that, that realness. And on the brand side as well. So I feel like yeah. it's not brands making like these um, uh, performative associations to different uh, trends that, that are going on. It's about like the brands also being like very honest with themselves about like what is amazing about like what they do and who they are and what they stand for, knowing that and then finding um, you know, the, the group of talent who really support that same value base. It's really basic at the end of the day. And I feel like that, um, the word like authenticity in the influencer space has been like so overused to a point that it's like almost like cringy to say like, Oh, you just need to be like authentic. Um, but if we take it back to PR, like PR was always, um, about like finding like the, the story, right. The thing that actually made that company or that person or that brand like shine. Um, and I feel like, uh, in my opinion, PR that I never resonated with was like the spin doctors of people who kind of like were like, you know, creating like the story. I always resonated, um, and Jess as well, that like she and I both could like get excited about like any single client that we had. And we had some super dry clients at the beginning, super dry clients, B2B super dry clients. Um, but we could, we could find something about them that we were like genuinely, genuinely, genuinely excited about. And then it was easy to pitch. It was easy to get stories with the right publications. Like it was, it was natural. So that same premise is how it's been um, uh, outlaid for success today, like in the influencer space. And I think um, if we just like, don't try to overanalyze things, but just like going back to like the core of like how communications and collaborations like work well, um, there's like enough space for everybody to be playing in it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I definitely agree. And I think, I think there are so many great points there. And um, again, like you said, finding those sort of right partnerships, I think is so important with the brands and with the content creators or, or influencers. And just because I think people can really tell when it's something that's true to who they are and if it's a product they really use. So I think that, you know, it's definitely so important. I think that you, you touched on a lot of great points there. And um, I was sort of want to flip, flip the switch just a bit here and talk a little bit about now about BODCON, because I know that that this is another, you know, huge project business that you have. And so do you want to tell us a little bit about, you know, how did this all get started? Yeah, we love BudCon. It's such, we keep saying it's a passion project, but we're trying to like shift away from that because we're like, it isn't like a tiny project. It's become like very, very big. It's so, like a big other business. That we're yeah. So like, oh, this is just like another business that we're running now. Okay. Like let's, let's get behind it. Um, so BudCon, it, it absolutely came as a result of Shine and seeing what we have the privilege of seeing all of these trends kind of before they're pushed out to consumers. Um, so, so through that, we've, I mean, for years, I, almost since the beginning, gosh, we've, we've been very, very passionate about the body confidence space, body confidence, self-love, mental health, all of those fun things. And it's just, it's been a really, uh, a really important space for, for us as an agency. And, and with that, we saw our talent in that category being asked to speak at events all the time, um, doing keynote talks and, and that kind of stuff. And when we, when we dug a little bit further into it, like there doesn't really ex- like a, a major conference 
in this space solely doesn't really exist. There are other events all largely centered around like women and women's empowerment, which is amazing. Like those events are fabulous. And they would have an element of self-love kind of weaved in there, but it was never exclusively that. So we were like, well, what if we did something that we, we tried to touch every facet of this? So if we if it's a, conf- a conference about body confidence, but we touch on raising body confident kids and body confidence as it pertains to sex and relationships and body confidence in the fitness industry and body confidence and dating, like what, like, can we touch on all these different topics like body confidence by age and and things like that? And, and what we found was that this is a category of people of like consumers who are hungry for information, hungry for community connection, all of those things. And so when we started the BODCON, it, we got, um, a lot of that kind of initial feedback just on social and from brands who would speak with talent who would speak with that like instantly told us that like this was a good idea and I like I remember that having like the conversations with all of the talent who spoke at like the first BODCON event in February I think we had 45 speakers I think so like it was a lot of speakers and I I'm trying to remember I don't think there was one person we spoke to who said they couldn't do it or didn't want to do it. And we had like real baby budgets. So, like, so we, like we said to them, like, we, this is like a startup. We have very little money and basically no business doing this, but we want to, and we're going to, and we're going to make it work. And all of them were like, I'm in, like, whatever you need, I'm in, like, how can I help? And it was just like such great, like feedback in terms of like, okay, we're on the right track. And I think we just, we kept kind of being guided by that in a very, so it's a very completely different business model than shine, but all of the, like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of the right word. Like all of like those kind of key markers were like there along the way where we're like, we're excited. Other people are excited. That excitement like builds up and like bubbles over to become this like really amazing, amazing thing. And, you know, we thought we'd, we'd do the conference and we'd like, pack it up and come back next February. Like that was our intention with it. And after the conference, we're like, well, can't just like leave all these people. Like we like them now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we had like, you know, you built up like this social following and this, again, it was just like such a lovely community. So like, well, we have to give them more. So now we're like, okay, let's like roll out a whole series of events and, and kind of tie the two conferences together through these events, through a podcast and things like that, where we can keep kind of providing value, providing resources like every, I mean, week on the podcast, day on social and every couple of months through events. So yeah, it's been a, it's been very fun. Yeah. It's, it's, been it's been a wild ride so we had um uh, our mini event like that focused on speech bodies like not too long ago and we have another one um at the end of august that is focused all on beauty that we're really like mm-hmm. excited about i think overall um for for us the the other part that's so like important that the BODCON shows is this other side of social um mm-hmm. like social in yeah. general can get like a really bad rep because it does exist in a negative um negative standpoint in terms of um the negative or the impact it has on you know negative body image and all of that um but there's been like this other like uproar going on for like a number of years 
uh, these different kinds of like talent and voices and creators um, who stand for something um, different. And they've been amassing like this community that's growing and growing and growing that really sincerely does have an effect on how marketers are choosing to present their products, how they're like, what they're actually even choosing to like create in terms of, you know, product sizes or who they're marketing to. And that is so cool. I think it's so neat. We have seen it for years because we've been so immersed in it. But the BODCON gives us this um, platform to like really be able to like shout it out. And just in that, like we know how to make things like loud. So like the BODCON, like it's it's a loud, it's a loud platform, which we love. Um, but I feel like it really does have this impact and it shows the power of people's like collective voices and it shows the positive things that social can do like when it is presented um in in like uh, for like a good cause um so love that about the vodcon and like love to see um the uh, brands and sponsors that we have like joining us for like this year um and uh and where we can take it in the future Mm-hmm. It's so cool though, like t- to that point, like it's, it's such a good point that there's these like different sides of social. And I was just looking like on, this morning, uh, one of um, our talent at Shine and one of our speakers at the BodCon, um, Sarah of the Birds Papaya, um, her content often gets like taken and used on like these online diet ads. It's it's terrible. They obviously don't ask it for consent and and things like that. And she was saying this morning, she was like, I was reading some of the comments on like this other page, not hers. And she's like, it, she's like, I kind of forget that like, she's like on my channel on the birds with higher, like I've built this community who is so supportive and so wonderful and understand that we have ebbs and flows and struggles and like, that's okay here. But like out on the internet, she's like, I forget, like you kind of get in this little bubble. Right. And you're like, Oh, people are, people are mean out there and it's 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 interesting to kind of see like there really are these kind of two sides to social that it's um it's we're trying to kind of make the make the positive one much louder Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's great to sort of see that transition over the past few years. And, you know, you guys are definitely a huge part of that as well, which, which I love to see. And like you said, you know, making it more positive, I think there is sort of those two sides, but having that, you know, positive community of it, I think is, is so important. And so, yeah, you know, speaking of both, both businesses you're running, has there been sort of any big challenges that really sort of stand out, you know, with either building the business or maybe like working with, with brands or anything like that? Sort of one big challenge that kind of, you know, sticks out to you that you overcame and sort of how you did that. There's so many challenges. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> where to begin? Like <laughs> I think that um, why I think that Jess and I have had success is because I think that we um, are able to process challenges really well. Um, right from the beginning, it was like kind of like a bit of like a game in terms of how we would think about them. So when something bad would happen, perceived bad would happen, or something would um, you know come into our, our zone in terms of like you know competition or you know getting like another no to an RFP that we submitted, I feel like we always like took the opportunity to be like, okay, what? where's where's the win in here or where's the space um that we can like take this and learn from it to you know strengthen our next pitch or whatever it might be um i think that was so much built into just how Jess and I communicate. It's so normal and natural. And it's just how we've ended up um, leading like our team. So it's kind of inbred in shine culture to look at all those things. So uh, has there been like one like big standout challenge? There's been so, there's been so many. I literally 
like cannot count. Them. I know. And I feel like ones on like both the team side, yeah. like right through to brands and talent, like you name it. Like we we have gone through it, um, but like feel um, really like strong because of it, like as well. And 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 very, uh, I love that we can look at um, challenges that come up as being like opportunities and really like see new spaces that we can go into through those situations. Yeah. I feel like it's like when you say like, what challenges have you had on one hand? I'm like, everything. And the other hand, I'm like, "Eh, nothing really. Like, like, (laughs) I'm like, there have been like, absolutely. And like with, I think with growth comes like every like step is a whole new set of challenges. So like what were like huge challenges for us in like year one and two are like so inconsequential now, you know, but as Em said, like we really, like they were, always always looked at as opportunities and some of our biggest challenges pushed us in directions that we that maybe weren't ready to go in didn't know that we were going to go into and like it it like put us where we are so it's hard to even like look back at them with any kind of negativity I think that's why I'm like oh we haven't really had any challenges like that's so ridiculous like we've had so many but I think it's like, it's always been like our perception and, and how we've addressed them. And, and we've tried to like, we like run our company with like kindness and, and positivity at like so much at the core that like, that's how like we, we look at things as well. Right. Like that, that makes sense to me. I'm like, yeah, of course we look at things like that. Like that's how we want the team to be. That's how we work with the team. Like it's, it's very important to us that that's kind of at the core of the business. So it, it very much comes from, from the top down. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's definitely a great, you know, perspective to have on it. And I think, like you said, that's definitely what sort of makes successful businesses successful is not letting those get you down and instead looking at them as opportunities. And, you know, you've definitely had a, a lot of success with both of your businesses, but has there been sort of one big highlight or a big success moment that, you know, in the moment you're kind of, you know, it's almost like a pinch me moment that you've had. I can remember like a couple, like, like, mm-hmm. fun I'm like, ones. what are like, yours? Maybe mine are the same. <laughs> for some reason, like one that always like pops into my head, which is like, it's actually not like on like the influencer side, but when we, um, when we did, uh, the Toronto fashion week for Piccadilly and like, we finally, like we sat everybody in like 10 minutes and you and I were like, we're walking like down the red line. I was like, ah, like it was, it was <laughs> wild. It was so yeah. fast. And it was, like, oh. we like flooded that place mm-hmm. with people. Like that was like, one of the ones that I just remember being like really like fun um, uh, and different like um, billing markers in terms of uh, like talent. Like the first time that we were able to sell in like a thousand dollar collaboration because like they were, they, we were doing like a hundred dollar deals like beforehand. So when we actually like bridge that market, being able to actually sell in a thousand dollar program, we're like, oh, I know it's so funny. <laughs> those numbers now, like if the team book in like thousand, like a thousand dollar collaboration, we're like, ah. Oh. Could you not have like pushed for this a little bit harder? It's like so funny to like, it's like old perspective, right? But I think like events have such like, events are so great. And like we, we, we've talked about this a little bit already. Like we both have like done many events in our past and it's been like a big part of our like individual careers and then careers together. And I think like events, like I have such a love hate relationship with them because it's so manic in the beginning. It's such a crazy lead up to these like, big things you put like months and months of work into them people come in for like four hours and then like they're gone and it's done like okay it's like such a hot like so many highs in there um so I feel like events like they're so um 
there's such a nice way for the team to like bond as well. So I really like, I love, I love it for that more than, more than anything else. I'm trying to think of like, like, you know, obviously like finishing BODCON was like a huge one, but again, like very like anticlimactic being that we did it like in the like peak of the pandemic. And we were like, we we're all separate. Like, right. Like Emily and I went together, like you weren't allowed to like leave your house in Toronto basically. And like, it was like so fun and such a rush. And then at the end, I was like, I, I guess I'll just close my laptop and like move three feet to the couch. Like <laughs> such a like weird kind of thing. Um, but there's been like so many fun moments and just like little things like, you know, I feel like they, they pop up every now and then, but like, we get like, such lovely emails from like our team and things like that. Like I really should save them in a folder and like be much better at that. But it's like, I feel like watching the team like progress through the company and, and even leave the company and go on and get these like amazing jobs that like, we know they've been able to get from like their experience of shine or like move to another country and go and work in like, like one of our first employee, Amy, like went to like work in London and, and got a great job in influencer relations there, like because of her experience at Shine, also because she's amazing. But like, it's, <laughs> you know, it's like, I think that is really cool to see as well and to see how like connected the team is like to Shine, like how they feel like such ownership of it. I think, again, kind of comes back to those like core values that we wanted to instill from the very beginning. So I love getting that reminder that like, we did good. Like we like, we did like what we wanted to do and we like built the kind of company that we wanted to build, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that's, you know, it's always great to see in businesses and that's sort of the great part of building it up yourself is making sort of incorporating those values, making it exactly what you want. So it's great to hear that that's sort of how Mm -hmm. it's all come together. And, you know, you spoke there about BODCON too. Um, One question I wanted to ask was if there's been sort of a key takeaway that you have taken from the conference or whether it's, you know, a confidence tip or a story that someone shared, something that just really resonated with you that you'd like to share. So many people have said so many great things. Like they're all on the Instagram account. They all have these like killer quotes. I'm trying to think if there's like one uh, in particular. I think as M mentioned, we just did our like Beach Bodies event, which is like such a tough time. Like we just get like bombarded in the media, like lose those 15 pounds, get Beach Body ready, do this, do that. And you're like, oh, I just like have my regular body and like be allowed to go to the beach and. Um, Alicia McCarville, who's one of our like amazing shine talent, but, um, did her first keynote talk at, um, in, at the Beach Bodies event and, and she got really emotional about it. And like, I, I think everyone on the other end of their like computers was like crying at home, but she was just like, she's like, I just like think about the times where I like missed out on something because I was like worried about my body or worried if my body would be like accepted in this certain environment. And, And she was like, I'll never miss out again. Like, I just will not let that happen. And it was just like, it was so powerful. And like, as I said, like, it was very emotional. Like, I know I was on the other end being like, I'll never miss out either. (laughs) It was like, she was so great. And like, I, uh, I think that was just, again, it's like kind of those like simple enough, like it's simple to say, very difficult to like get to that space for sure, or that place I should say, but I think that was like a big one that really like struck me. 
the overall, I think like, just like, there's something that is really magical too, that happens with like a mass of speakers. So like we had 45 speakers, like at our first event. And then we since have had like another, like six or seven kind of join on in other like capacities. Um, and you really start to realize in your everyday life or looking back over like your life, how much of your mind has been like consumed by like diet, weight numbers, you know, what you look like, all of that. So I, I think it's, it's really powerful when you get, um, you get to be like part of this community and you get to like hear this different side consistently from lots of different kinds of people from like all over the world, um, how that really does start to like shift your personal experience and like us like at shine, um, you know, even like within like our office space, like I, I feel that, you know, water cooler talk at other places that um, I've worked before has always like been like around, you know, you know, dieting and working out and like all of that. Um, and it's really uh, has not been part of the conversations that happen like at Shine. Um, and we're like really proud to kind of see like that trickle effect go and not just by nature of like being around like so many of these incredible conversations that way. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, like overall, just kind of like that veil, like being taken off um, and being able to look at like your, like your existence now in a completely different way. It's, um, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I definitely agree. I think that the messaging of the whole conference and and the whole company really is, is so important. And, um, you know, definitely, you know, things, especially like young girls looking up to, I think is, is just such a great messaging for them as well. Um, and, you know, when you were first sort of starting out the businesses, both of them, um, if there was someone who's sort of looking to start a business right now, what sort of advice would you give to them? Oh gosh, I'm like, find a partner. <laughs> it's uh I feel like there's so many things there's so many like cliche things to say right but like they're also like they're cliches because like they're so true you know so like part of me is like you know it's like just like stay the course but then the other part of me is like be super nimble and you have to like be flexible and ebb and flow and like change as like as as the market demands right I think that entrepreneurs are like glorified a lot of the times I think when people think about like being out of school they're not going to go into like the workforce so they're going to you know, be an entrepreneur and kind of like be their own boss and like skip steps and like all of that um it's like it's tough and I look back at my like personal career and I know just um you and I've had like similar conversations like I wasn't um an easy employee uh, like it just like wasn't like it wasn't built for for me. Like I I found like I ended up like challenging like a lot of things, and I was very lucky. Um, mostly in my um my first uh, agency that I worked for, that it was very entrepreneurial, and they really let me do a lot of things like how I I wanted. It was a great like um training ground for it. Um, but it's it isn't it isn't for everything and for everybody. And there's great like value as well as like being like, like part of like a team too. So I feel like, um, you know, people who have like that uh, desire absolutely follow it. But for the people who are like unsure if this is like the course that they want to go or not, like being part of a team and finding a company that you're like passionate about, like, oh my gosh, we love our team members so much. We love them so so much and they have helped um you know shape this every day about like how we've grown and like where we're gonna go um and i i don't want to like discount like that pathway like as well yeah that's like that's such a good point and and we have been to i keep meaning to like write an article about it and where's the time i don't know um but it's like it's it is an interesting one because there is this whole space like like don't work for someone else's dream and things like that but i'm like 
I, I hate it when I see entrepreneurs post that because I'm like, what a real slap in the face to the team who is working for you or with you for that company. I'm like, yeesh, like I, I just, I hate that mentality. And as Em said, like we, we would be like nothing without our team. Like we, we, there's just no way we could do what we do. Like it, it would be impossible, but I think it's, you know, if you have an entrepreneurial spirit, there are also ways to like, like flex that within an organization. If it's the right organization for you, there's like a huge difference for sure. But like, I know I'll speak to our experience at shine and, you know, there's like, we've, we've brought team members into projects that they will like own, like they have like ownership, they have profit share, like they are truly a part of like building these new like initiatives that we're working on. And so I think that like there, there are opportunities within the right organizations to like kind of cross those, like have those worlds collide in a really great way where you can feel like you have amazing ownership over something, but you don't necessarily have to go out and start something from scratch because that's... Like Google does that. Like Google was totally. always kind of built like that way. Like there's lots of companies like who kind of like offer that, which is yeah. like really, which is really amazing. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that's a, a great way to look at it and, you know, a, a really great perspective as well. And I think, like you said, finding that right company is probably is the most important thing and you can sort of incorporate those other values you're looking for in it when it is right. Um, so I think that's, you know, such a great, you know, piece of advice for people to take and really think about. Um, and I know that, you know, you've had, you have a lot going on now, but do you have some future plans you'd like to share coming up for the company? So many, so many plans, um, but certainly more BodCon. Like more BodCon is coming. As Em said, we have a beauty event coming up. We'll have another event before the end of the year. And then we'll have like the big conference in February. So we'll definitely have to give you some tickets to like, give away to your audience um, as a side note. Um, so that's coming up with uh, with BodCon. Shine is is growing wildly right now, which is, which is a lot of fun. Um, and and lots of things coming up there as well. We're working on some more like tech-based things that are going to be coming up very soon, which is really fun to start exploring. Again, very different for us, um, but kind of like coming from that same place. Yeah, like we like encourage like anybody who is like curious about the world of talent management or if you're talent yourself, like to um, go to our website, there's um, different spaces where you can apply for both jobs to be part of the team or we review talent like weekly as part of our casting process. And we're always looking for new talent on both sides. So um, Mm I encourage people to check it out. Awesome. And where can people go to find that, find that on the website um, and all your socials, everything like that? Mm-hmm. So shinetalentgroup.com is the website, Shine Talent Group as well on Instagram and, uh, and yeah, you can, and the BodCon on Instagram and the BodCon.com. <laughs> but, uh, Instagram is the easiest place to find us always, I would say. And then you can kind of find everything else from there. Thanks for listening to Made It Happen Podcast, the podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, leave a review, and I'll see you next week.